彼はジャック・ミラーです。シャカスへようこそ !He's Jack Miller and welcome to Jackass! I love having a guy on this show that can speak some Japanese. I, <laughs> we love to see it. Welcome to, and this is not a milestone, but an almost episode 399 of Motorsport 101. <laughs> what, a, what, what a number to have. Also, I love that my I, I Apple Watch reacted to that one. Way to go, Apple. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> the Apple employee did not set this up somehow. I'm shocked, everybody. But yes, welcome to episode 399 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And welcome to round two of what we call MotoGP's The Gauntlet. And this time, it's the Japanese Grand Prix. We're back at Mategi, everybody, for the first time in three years. We love to see it. It's still the twin ring in my heart. Is still the twin ring in our hearts. And thankfully,、uh, we actually did get this Grand Prix in full, largely unaffected. It was a bit wet on, on the Friday and Saturday, but thankfully,、uh, no harm done、um, over in that part of Japan. Obviously, I、uh, thought to go out to everyone affected that, that was hit by that super typhoon because,、uh, yeah, it, we don't like seeing that at all. But、uh, we did get a、uh, clean, without a hitch, MotoGP Grand Prix at Mategi. And、uh, with it, with it Um, Jack Miller winning, dominated, destroying the field. But just when he thought this season couldn't get any wackier, Jack Miller has arguably his greatest ever race in MotoGP. We'll get into some of that、um, as well. But、uh, before, before we get into the actual nitty gritty, let me introduce our, my esteemed panel of co hosts. First up, Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Hi, everyone. Um,. <sighs> There's, been a, there's going to be a, a common theme with this episode of how the hell did he do that? Alternately, why the hell did he do that regarding a certain rider in red? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that as well. There's a, lot to, there's a lot of flashpoints and shock in this race, even though it was actually like a 5 out of 10 MotoGP race, which is really weird to say. Or actually, kind of really, a, another consistency in this year, unfortunately. Yeah, weird, weird. It's, it's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. But no, f- actually, for real this time. Also, we have RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hi. I got the Gazamas.、Uh, what's up, y'all?、Uh, Sabering was good.、Uh, Hurricane Ian, not good.、Uh, mm. the, the Waffle House in debts.、Uh, They're shutting down Waffle Houses in,、uh, in Central Florida. That's how you、this、know is this, the is end bad, times. this is a bad storm.、Uh, so, yeah, if, if we have any listeners that are out here in Western <laughs> Florida, trending upward,、uh, please stay safe.、Uh, Indeed. Just chill for a bit.、Uh, things, are already, things are already rough. And you know, not to just openly endorse the defenestration of certain people in power in the state of Florida. Uh, on this podcast, but you know, it's times are tough enough as it is.、Mm. No kidding. Please stay safe out there. I know it's not ideal. Imps is in that road Atlanta area, which could be in the path of Hurricane Ian by the time it touches down. Fingers crossed to all those and everybody else out there. Hopefully, it's not as bad as feared. And I've, I've already seen someone 
very, very horrible weather reports out there. Like, weather channels, news channels, please do me a favor. Stop putting reporters out in the middle of hurricanes. Oh, Jim can take it. Like, like, no! it, don't get me wrong. It's, it's like, it's weird as hell, but like, also, I, I guess it's like endearing in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. But no, please stop doing that. It's not great. Um, speaking of weather, the Japanese Grand Prix, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Jack Miller, who, as I mentioned, dominated the Japanese Grand Prix. Uber to, beat him down. To to take his, his first win of the season. Um, crazy scenes on that one. Mark Marquez actually did a full race distance. And um, be back. Wait, wait, what do you mean he finished in fourth? <laughs> what do you mean he put that thing on pole? Huh? What? <laughs> he is still that dude. Oh my God, Mark Marquez might be back. This is a problem. Every, everybody panic um run oh this is a problem um also does anybody want to win this championship because uh boy we had a messy one for the main protagonist in this title fight fabio cotoraro solidly in the midfield francesco bagnaia hail mary on the final lap which didn't go to plan alicia spagaro wait what do you mean his bike's stuck in fuel save mode um oh we'll we'll get into a crazy sequence of events for the title contenders where the three of them combined scored a grand total of i'm checking my notes here eight points between them Uh, and the breaking news that came through today actually yesterday at the time of recording actually funnily enough um we're giving away we're recording on september 29th here in the uk well i'm in the uk anyway yes MotoGP is racing in Kazakhstan, and we have a strict rule on this show. $5 into the charity swear jar for any Borat catchphrase in that segment. Keep your ears pricked at home, everybody. Well, I think this championship fight is going to be a great success. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> it's a good thing it is pre-watershed. This, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank goodness for that. Um, this could get expensive, people. Um, I'm just throwing that we one out We should just there. censor every time someone makes a reference. <laughs> we'll leave an air of mystery on the show as to what was actually behind the bleep um we'll let the the listeners at home figure that one out anyway before we get into that here's some places you can find us real quick we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 facebook.com forward slash motorsport one we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 and of course our personal handles at harrison 101 hd at rj o'connell and c buckley 917 if all of our content website articles as well including our written blogs and all our podcasts and videos are on our website motorsport101.com check us out on there including as mentioned a japanese grand prix review from yours truly and a whopper of a special from yours truly, a four and a half thousand word piece on Colton Herter and everything to do with the super license and the fact he didn't get it. I I bled for that post. Um, I really actually enjoy putting that one together. So if you haven't checked it out already, um, please do. I want to say a special shout out as well to Zoe Hamilton who passed it around. Like I think every Discord she's in, um, she's a bay. And amazingly, the post itself on Instagram was liked by the reigning series IndyCar champion, Will Power. Will, if you're listening, thanks, brother. Much appreciated. Come on the show sometime, Will. I'm good at words. 
<laughs> Thanks, Will. We love you, man. Much appreciated. Um, what what a guy. What a guy. <clears throat> Class act, as ever, for Mr. Will Power. We love to hear it. So thank you to him, and thanks to everyone that's read it and passed it around. I know it got a lot of responses, all overwhelmingly positive. Great die for the shit out here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I've never had a post that's got that the read time came out as 15 minutes. I'm like, God, that is a whopper. Um, <laughs> but um, thanks to everyone that's passed it around and read it and, you know, talked to me and reached out in a really classy manner about everything. I was worried that it, it wouldn't go down well, and it did. So thanks to everybody who, who, who went out of their way to say hi and say, yeah, really good piece. Yeah, you know, you made a lot of valid points in there. And, you know, even... Uh, even when I took the piss out of Joseph Newgarden for having a super licensed eligible t-shirt. But hey, here, here we go. I think I just about got away with that one. So again, thanks everyone on that one. And if you really, really liked it, why not back us on Patreon? Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our episodes before they go to the public. 10 bucks also gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded including Jason, who's in here right now. Hello, Jason. Good to see you, buddy. Um, hope you enjoyed the show tonight. And stick around till the very end. I'll talk to you a little bit about episode 400. Just stick around on that one. But until then, let's play some music. And when we get back, let's talk the Japanese Grand Prix. It's just nice to say Japanese Grand Prix again after all these years. It's, COVID did a number on us, man. It really did. But everything, uh, is, everything is back to normal. And by yeah. back to normal, I mean, uh, I mean, people in power all around the world are trying to cut back on the uh, the the, uh, the protections that were afforded all of us in these uncertain times because you know that's just not profitable. But you know what is profitable? <laughs> Jack Miller reminding us that. When he is on it, he's damn near unbeatable. He passed Jorge Martin and Marquette, Mark Marquez in the opening lap to lead, and then he never really looked back from there. He would go on untroubled and eventually win by over three seconds in a race he essentially led from lights to flag with Brad Bender and Jorge Martin sharing the podium with him. Dre, is this Jack Miller's greatest ride in MotoGP? It's up there. It's crazy to think that Jack Miller has now been in the top flight for almost a decade, first and foremost. It is actually scary how long he's... It feels like yesterday he did the double-class jump when he was runner-up in Moto3 to some guy called Alex Marquez, also in the top flight now. Did the double jump. We all laughed him out of the room for doing so. He struggled at first for a while, and... Yeah, this is his fourth win in the top flight now. And this was, I'd argue his best ever win this was i mean look we, we we have to talk about the Aston win and the 1000 to 1 miracle win that that it was we we never saw that coming in a month for sundays but this was the ride that should convince people that jack miller can dominate a race weekend dominate a race because he's never really had a race win like that. He's always scrapped a little bit. He's had a couple of mitigating circumstances. Le Mans last year, for example. I mean, Cam, I'm sure you remember this, right? You know, Le Mans probably wasn't the fastest man on the day. Marquez was probably the fastest man on the day, but he crashed twice. You know, Jerez last year, yes, he did win, but Fabio Quattararo had a case of compartment syndrome 
in the middle of the race. Um, yeah, I mean, we always see the flashes with Jack because we we know how fast he is. And I mean, we saw the signs throughout this weekend that uh, I mean, on the Friday, he was far and away the fastest guy, both over a lap and uh, over race distance on the tires, which we can never say about Jack Miller, because that's usually his signature is that really fast can't really manage a tire. Mm. That was not the case on Sunday. I mean, it got to the point where he was practically he was lapping four or five tenths clear on some laps for fun. Mm. And, uh, and and it reminds us like what when you see that on Sunday and you realize how the hell does he only have a handful of these four he has as many wins as Miguel Oliveira he has one more win than Frankie Morbidelli you know he's in that little like marginal win club. I think I think Alex Rins has four as well like he's in that ballpark and the thing the difference is though miller's been around so much longer than some of the guys we've mentioned like i want to say miller came up in 2014 was his first season in the top flight and he's only won four of these like it's it is crazy to think how fast the time goes i mean yeah 2015 he david i just had a quick i had you know, double monitor wikipedia page thanks thanks for that fellas um but yeah 2015 he made his top flight debut and yeah excuse me as jason points out in the chat he was 5.3 seconds up with three to go he eased it down really a lot by the end of that race he was he was uh he went for the old valentino rossi leg over the uh rear of the bike wheelie going over the line very sexy we love to see it but i mean Arjun, you just saw it live for the first time i mean what did you make of it uh that was uh that was one of the best rides and like it, re- it reminds you that like you know what if if he ever if he did this more consistently he'd probably still be at ducati corsa next year mm. but then there's this problem of this younger italian dude who's like won about as many races in one season as miller's won for his whole career and he's not consistent either but you know it's I would love to see Jack Miller do more of this stuff. Like, I hope this this isn't like, you know, the window's not shutting with him moving teams next year. Yeah. Don't well, I mean, I would say I would hope so, but uh, wait, KTM were okay this weekend? I know. It was the weird. Lord in the second Lord. place, Brad Bender, who got, got the start of ages off the line, jumped everyone into turn one and... Well, his time at the front was very short-lived, but he did eventually hunt down Jorge Martin and pass him. Uh, what was it going to the final final couple of laps? Mm. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. talk about inconsistent. There's there's weeks where KTM looked like the worst, just the worst team in the field, and we've talked at length on this show about their rider management. And then they show up and they have two people in the fight for the top five, pretty much all race. Yeah, because uh, Binder was second and then Miguel Oliveira was sixth on the day as well. I mean, both KTMs in the top six. I think that's their best team result since Indonesia, I want to say. Um, probably a bit better than that, given I think Binder was like eighth or ninth that day. So I'm not sure it was more points than uh, than this one because... Uh, 
yeah, Miggy in the top six as well. He was running third at one point. He slipped a little bit towards the end. Luca Marini got him on the final lap, um, down the hill on, on the final lap, funnily enough. But both KTMs in the top six as well, on top of Miller completely dominating the field. What jungle juice was this field on? I mean, it was an unpredictable weekend, which we'll get to a little bit more in, about in a minute because, you know, it was wet pretty much all through Friday night, through Saturday, and then the race itself was dry, um, dry as a bone on Sunday morning. So it was really unpredictable. So, yeah. And no one really stuff. got any time to do a true dry setup because there was just not a lot of dry running. Yeah, everybody was kind of guessing on this one. I mean, the tire sheets were all over the place on this one because nobody really knew what to run. It was It was quite funny in that, uh, I mean, I like these sorts of weekends because it throws up a whole bunch of results. I mean, or potentially funky f- sorts of action. I wish I wish Formula One was like that more often, where it was like, you know, you don't... All right, the best we could do is, sit, sit, is three additional sprint races on top of a 24-race calendar. Best we Yay. can do. Uh, by the way, you don't get any more engines. Uh, I digress. T- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more on that next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it was a funky all sort of weekend, but, you know... I'm delighted for Jack, and I, I, we we don't say it enough on this show. Jack Miller's one of the good ones. He really is. He's a proper, he's a fan favorite for good reason. I've never heard a single person ever say any shit about Jack Miller ever. Every team I've ever seen loves him. The paddock loves him. The fans love him. He is the real people's champion of this sport, and to see him get a win and ball his eyes out. Because I, I don't think even he could quite believe what he'd just done <laughs> on on that race, and to win it the way he, that he did, that that was Miller looking like someone that could win a championship one day. And I don't think he will. I think that that phase of his career has has gone past him. But just a, a quick mental note before we move on: after all of the craziness of this season, the fact that we probably knew Miller was losing his job maybe four months ago. He's only 11 points behind Anaya Bastianini, the man who's taking his job for next year. Just thought I'd put that one out there. Uh, funny that. <clears throat> Should we talk about 93? Oh, my God. I mean... It's a pretty good year. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, a uh, couple, couple good albums in 1993. Mm. But we're talking, of course, of number 93, and well... We got a clean Marquez weekend, and uh, 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 oh, he put the bike on pole. By a lot. What? <laughs> you know what they say, you know, he may be riding a, a Honda where you can tell that Mark Marquez has been carrying this team with whatever amount of good arms that he's been having, but especially in the wet, there's nobody better. He is still that dude. He's still Cole? capital H him. I mean... <laughs> And it wasn't just in it wasn't just in qualifying as well. He was qu- very quick in the wet practices. It puts a little bit less strain on the arm, and it's mm-hmm. more about just the raw talent. And well, we wow. know about that with this guy. <sighs> and uh, what put it put it on pole two tenths ahead of Zarco. I mean, you all know Zarco is a fantastic one lap specialist. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it didn't last so long in the race, but hey, he didn't really fade throughout the race. No, ended up passing uh drop behind Miggy, got him back late on and ended up fourth, only a little over seven seconds off the win. 
Oh yeah. The one that got How? me. <laughs> oh, we've been. I mean, we've been covering bikes on Motorsport 101 for God. I want to yeah. say six years now since yeah. Motorsport 101. If you want to go back a little further with me personally, back through the days of Bike Live, my first season was 2014, halfway through 2014. So we're coming up through eight years of me watching Mark Marquez as a radio host slash podcast host slash overall part-time journo. How the fuck does he keep doing this? <laughs> Honestly, this is getting ridiculous. Like, oh, I just... <laughs> I, I, I cannot I, I, I love, this enough. Like, go, go on, Cam. I love how it was described with the Honda that, well, you can't do, you can't feel anything that the front end is doing. So you have to make it all up on corner exit with the rear, but it, the bike can't put the power down. So other than that, it's great. <laughs> um, and yet, you know, that's that, that classic Honda fix, you know, they put in all those resources, all that development and the component they need to fix their bike. It's some Spanish dude named Mark Marquez. Yeah, that was the, that was the tweet from Simon Patterson that stuck out. It was like, yeah, the best solution on the could possibly have is a healthy Mark Marquez. And the one that got me was after the race where he openly said, I I'm not in pain. Yeah. And that might be the first time in, in three years He's done a MotoGP race and completed a race distance. Say longer. Yes. Remember all the shoulder issues he had throughout eighteen yeah. and nineteen. When it was, when it was, when remember when he won the twenty nineteen title and Scott Redden dislocated his shoulder by tapping on it. By tapping on it, unideal, um, uh, unideal. But, but this is a man who has been battling medium to catastrophic level injury since 2018. The man has had maybe one healthy off-season in the past half decade. For the first time in at least three years, he finished a MotoGP race and said, I'm not in pain. And you could see, Honda gave him a standing ovation when he got back to that garage in fourth place. That I think was Alberto. I think Alberto's just like, oh, thank God I'm not getting fired. <laughs> Which, interestingly enough, Mark now has 73 points, having done, like, how many races has he done? Not He's done a lot. a lot less than Paul Espargaro, who is stuck at 47. <laughs> uh, this year, he has done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's call it seven, because he really didn't do Aragon. He did, like, a couple corners. Mm. So, um, yeah, and he is by a mile and a stretch the highest Honda in the championship. When he's finished, he actually hasn't had a finish lower than 10th this year, and that was with the arm getting progressively worse. Yeah, that worse was before the surgery. Yeah, that was the Miles Magello. That was the last race before the surgery, and that's when the pain was at its worst. That was the I can't take this anymore um, yeah. level of pain. Because, and that's really it is that with this, the way his arm is now, structurally, his arm is good. Uh, yeah. Bone wise, it's good. He can make, in, in his own words, he can make shapes now on the bike again. And mm. boy, was he! I think he hit a fifty-five degrees of lean angle on his qualifying lap a couple times in the pouring 56, rain. Fifty-six degrees of lean—that's that's a lot. That's a lot of lean. Mm. Um, and, and now it's really just his arm was tired after it because you can mm. visibly see how much muscle he's lost on that side of his body. My dude's like looking like Popeye the sailor at this point. 
Yeah, but before the other arm, uh, you know, gets the spinach bu- uh, buff. <laughs> and he's only going to really he's only going to get better from here. I just. <laughs> I, I've watched this man since he was 16 years old and the the, the, the time he, he, you know, nearly won that. Uh, he nearly didn't make that Moto free race at Estoril in 2010. You know, and I've watched this man now for nearly 15 years in his in his biking career, and he still finds new ways to mystify. You know, this this fourth on one good arm in the first full race distance he's ran in the better part of four months. Fourth, seven seconds off a dominant Jack Miller for the win, riding shoulder to shoulder with Miguel Oliveira was on his days as good as anybody. You know, in the ballpark of Jorge Martin say, and put Brad a, Binder, put a beastly overtake on Oliveira to to boot. Oh Do yeah, not for ignore the context that this is Mobility Resort Motegi. Those bikes are built right up the road. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think this uh, I think this bike is going to go under the museum, not in it. <laughs> his, but, name, uh, his name is Bennett, and he ain't in it. Um, <laughs> but, but but that's just it. I mean, it's only going to get better from here for him phys- physically wise. Mm. The ball is in Honda's court at this point. If I'm Mark Marquez, right, and I I I, I would go to the next round of contract negotiations, just play the highlights of this race, and be like, turn it off and say, as you can see, uh, give me double what I'm getting now. Give me 200 mil over four years. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean... There's going to be sprints anyway. I mean, you look at the results of everyone else. I mean, Nagashima was a wild card for this event on that gorgeous HRC color bike. Crashed. Mm. Uh, oh, he yeah. is going to get another shot next race because uh, Taka Nakagami's having his, his pinky finger on the injured hand rebuilt. Yikes. Um, whichever doctor signed him off on riding a MotoGP bike with torn two two torn tendons in his finger is an idiot. Don't well, do this. We, we've been new regarding uh, Dor- Dorna. As long as you can, uh, as long as you're alive, you're fit to race at this point. Idiots. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I digress with that. Mark ended up 10 seconds clear of the next Honda. In this case, Paul Espargaro in 12th. It's embarrassing. He, 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 he's molly whopping the field right now. He uh, is, he is Greg field. Jennings on a broken leg putting the team on his back, dude. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't rule out him winning a race if it rains or if it's Phillip Island. If he wins a race on this bike, it's worth him more than all of his championships put together. <laughs> That's the greatest. That's the greatest thing he's ever pulled off. Which, which, by the way, there is a list. There is a long list. There it's is like, a scroll. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's it's like hill in the arrows, Yamaha. It's like yeah, the fact that you put this on the podium is probably a a better example of your talent than your championship. Yeah, it's it's 
Yeah, in shocking news, we on this podcast think Mark Marquez is ridiculous. I know, you're all shocked. You're absolutely stunned. Typical Mark Marquez media bias. Why are you talking about Valentino Rossi instead, etc., etc.? More on that later. Um, But uh, yeah, this was... Really, like I said, Honda gave him a standing a standing O when he got back to the garage, and hugs and fist bumps all round because they knew that was special. That Aww. was that was an incredible performance. Um, Marquez might be back, and that's a uh, that is a positive and a negative for everybody involved. Damn Good right, luck. yeah. Good luck. Like, <laughs> I got out of bed Saturday morning because I couldn't stay up and watch this while handling my other responsibilities. But the first thing I thought I was like, yeah. He's still that dude. Oh, um, Dre Harrison, my good friend. Does oh, anybody mm. want to win the MotoGP World Championship? No. Uh, it's, a, it's a circus. Jack Miller's back in the race. Unironically, um, <laughs> if he keeps doing that. <laughs> so Fabio Cordararo finished eighth. That's good, but that's not what you really need to take home a world championship down the stretch. Francesco Bagnaia spent most of his time behind Cordararo, tried to lunge on the final lap, and then he tucked the front. He missed Fabio's bike by centimeters. Meanwhile, Alicia Spargo had to change bikes in the warm-up lap after Aprilia forgot to remove the fuel map setting from his ECU. His second bike was on a soft front tire, at Ranch, soft rear so- tire, and as a result, he finished 16th, one place out of the points, with an A of Astonini in 10th. Out of all this, Fabio Cordararo has extended his championship lead to 18 points over Bagnaia. Alicia Sparger is now 25 points back. No, seriously, Dre, does anyone want to win the 2022 MotoGP World Championship? They're going to find a way to get Marquez back in. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's catching in. He's cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. An octuple points finale in Valencia. 200 points on the line. We'll have to wait and see how this one goes down, brother. I, 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 the top three, you know, the top four in the championship scored a combined 13 points out of a possible, do the math here, Dre, 74? So, I, this... This was rough. I mean, none of the tight. I mean, the the wet qualifying session did not help. It jumbled up the field. Alicia Spargaro was the best of the title contenders in qualifying. I think he was going to start fourth on the day. But then what happened was an engineer had accidentally left his bike's electronics in fuel save, get me home mode um, when they left Alicia on his own on the grid. Aleish recognized this and obviously had to go into the pits on his warm-up lap um, to change bikes. And that means starting from the from pit lane, basically. And in MotoGP circles, if you don't know, if you start from pit lane, they do not let you go until the last bike is entering the first corner. It's, it's a long wait. Yeah, there's um, a reason why it was a big deal that Pedro Acosta won from pit lane. Mm-hmm. Almost certainly. So, yeah, this was a, 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 a nasty deficit. And, of course, his second bike wasn't really set up for race conditions. He was he had no intention of originally running a soft rear tire, which didn't really work in race pace. And, of course, combined with the fact that it's really hard to overtake on these bikes, Aleix spent most of his race stuck behind Fabio DG Antonio. Um, good luck passing the Ducati round here, basically. That was rough. 
Baniaia was in the midfield pretty much all race. He had his own fight. He had a third fight with Bastianini. Again, only this time it was for ninth rather than for the win. Yeah, those two were taking full advantage, uh, being on Japanese ground of if gap car, or in this case, <laughs> if gap bike. Oh, um, yeah. There was a couple yielder crash moves in there between those two that uh, could have very easily ended both of their titles. Yeah, but, but Banyaya gave him the reverse sweep at victory corner. I'm just like, good lord. Um, aggressive, to say the least. And it, it became a theme because Banyaya threw the Hail Mary on the final lap, going into turn two, tried to lunge Fabio at the apex. And Cam, you know the phrase. Uh, death, taxes, Penske... Uh, blood, sweat, tears, Ducati tucks the front. Yay! There it is. My favorite part of this was, as RJ just did, Francesco Bagnaia sarcastically clapping to himself for the mistake that he had just made. Um, extremely Italian, uh, for what it's worth. Um, People thought that he was like clapping sarcastically at Corderaro because he cut him off, and no, he was just like, yeah, I'm clapping sarcastically myself because I'm a bit of an idiot with bad judgment, but we already know That is this. five... That that is four self-inflicted DNFs on the season, five in total. Because uh, remember, one of them was him being headbutted by Takanakagami. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that a uh, championship that does not make. Yeah, this is this was the eleventh time in the last twelve races that Francesco Bagnaia has either won or crashed. Uh, the other one was a second. Bagnaia is becoming the win it or bin it rider. There is no other word for it. And yeah, this was another wild and unnecessary mistake for Banyaya. The only blessing for him is that he only lost eight points. It could have been a lot worse. Um, it could have been a lot worse. He could have been Alicia Spargaro. Yeah, like he wasn't even the worst contender on the day. Um, but um, yeah, this was a big blown opportunity for Elisha Spargaro. He was absolutely distraught when he was back in the garage after the he race. He was the best of the title contenders by a mile in qualifying. Yeah, had the pace. He had the speed to at least challenge for the win. I don't know if he would have had the raw pace to beat Miller, but easily second. Oh, yeah. And instead, he's effectively a race back. Yeah, he's he is 25 now. back. He's 25 back, and he's got some work to do to catch Fabio on count back. Um, and, and that's the problem for Elish now is that, like, throughout the year, it's never been big point swings between those two. It's always a, a few points here, a few points. Mm. It's not the end of the world for Ben. If he was going to bend the bike, might as well bend it here. But again, with Pecco, he doesn't take points. He just doesn't do it. It, it. We are now getting to the point with Alesh where it's borderline must-win territory, and I'm not yeah, sure it, he's got that in him. <laughs> no, the, the Aprilia is very occasionally a win bike. More often than that, it's a top-five bike, and he's going to need bigger. He's going to need to take bigger chunks out of Fabio. Banyaya can keep winning, and he can bridge that gap. He can. We've seen but, him do it. But that's the problem with Pecco. He could do it, or he could tuck the front. There is something that you apparently said um, while watching the race that I was not privy to, and you've, we've had a discussion about this 
uh, <laughs> that Cam, you insist that you said this line about a different uh, I had thought that I did because, uh, man, there is no greater image of Suzuki's final stages of MotoGP than one bike bursting into flames while the other pits to retire with a puncture. The quote is, quote, Aprilia is a farmer whose crop is indifferent. So you could swap out <laughs> Aprilia from Suzuki. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and m- maybe it applies more. Uh, I mean, I'll take Shout out to Mr. Regular for that. Um, I mean, man, <laughs> Aprilia, in their own words, Aprilia fucked up. Yeah, their own they, people said we fucked up. That They had a golden opportunity to bridge the gap to Fabio. And instead, they more or less gave him an out, uh, another out, because Fabio has not even been close to looking like a winner lately. Mm-hmm. But no one else wants to win either. So, the you know, that big result in Austria where they were supposed to be terrible, no good, and very bad is pretty much protecting him from Banyaya and Aspargaro. Yeah. Fabio was nowhere all weekend and left eight points, eight points more in his championship gap than he had when he got here. That's a huge dub for Fabio. And it's one less round for the field to chase him down if he really is struggling for pace this badly. And you know what? He's got Buriram next, and he was good around here the last time they raced around. He was he lost to Mar- Marquez by a nose. Um, so not sure how well the Yamaha will stack up three years on from that. But uh, if, the, if the evidence is there, Fabio should be a bit better around here on paper. Then again, what has any of this MotoGP season been decided on paper this year? God knows at this point. I mean, this was a sloppy weekend for everybody who matters in this championship fight. Banyaya over-egged the pudding again. Uh, Bastianini was caught in the midfield again. Alicia Spagaro fucked up again, although this one wasn't his fault. And yeah, they just put the bike in a fuel save motor as it was once known upon a time, just regular Aprilia performance mode. <laughs> <laughs> you can only polish a turd so much. Something, Indeed. something. If Indeed. Joe Roberts had that crystal ball, I-, I think he probably takes that deal, but we'll never know. Mm. Um, we're going to Bury Ram in Thailand next. That was kind of a track that when you look at it, it looks kind of flat, Mickey Mouse and uninspired, but it's turned out to produce nothing but bangers. And on that note, uh, MotoGP over the weekend announced that they are racing at a brand new uh, track in Kazakhstan on a multi-year deal. Uh, and um, for the sake of this segment, I have institute that we are we are levying a five dollar U.S. fine for any any recognizable catchphrases from the film Borat or its sequel in this segment, because as we know, Kazakhstan is more than just one Sasha Baron Cohen film. Correct. I mean, we, we edited we had to edit this in the last minute because we didn't hit we didn't get any wind of this news. There wasn't even this wasn't even rumored in the <laughs> yeah, pipeline. Come out of nowhere like a Randy Orton RKO. It's like, like a Diamond Dallas Page Diamond Cutter. Yeah, it's like the one we knew about was India. India is going to be on the MotoGP calendar probably in a couple of the years' time, most likely 2024. Um, but not yet. Um, but Me suddenly realizing that Vettel's tire marks from 2013 will, in fact, go away. Uh, sigh. So this is the Sokol International Racetrack. Um, it is located outside of the city of Almaty. Um, 
It'll be a new region for MotoGP as the sport continues to expand around the world, engaging with new markets and fan bases. It debuts next year. It kind of looks a little bit like Estoril at home uh, when you just look at the layout of the course. Um, Kazakhstan, not not the best place to live in. I'm sure the people are cruel. It's, it's the assholes in power that are the problem here. That's always been the Motorsport 101 motto. Uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a surprise that this dropped. I spoke, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Liner Oaks over at Decal Spotters, who I pressed about this um, because she knows like motorsport sponsorship and you know details like that as well as anyone in the world. She's she's awesome. So Liner, I know you're listening. Hi, um, keep up the great work. Um, keep a chin up. And yeah, just in general, I just I just asked her a couple of days ago, like, is there was there any inkling about Kazakhstan and, and having a, a biking sort of background at all? And she was just straight up like, Nope. They backed Jorge Lorenzo as a sponsor one time back in two thousand and nine, and that was basically it. Um so look, I'm 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 gonna cut to the chase here. I can't believe three weeks ago I was talking about how this sport was morally bankrupt after announcing it was it had an intention to race in Saudi Arabia, and now we're racing in fucking Kazakhstan in, next year. Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> this sport continues to prove me right time and time again at an alarming rate of accuracy. I mean, I don't. I, 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 I can't care about this race. Like, I just I sit there and I go, how can I have any emotional investment in a race in Kazakhstan whatsoever? Why? Like, like why should I give a shit? Besides, oh, it's a new region. Like, dude, like, you're going to race in India. Racing in India is genuinely huge. That could be a huge win. For I mean, as a side note, Sebastian Vettel's just been announced as a Ducati wildcard for that race. Hey, who, who knew? I mean, look. He's going to win by 33 seconds. I don't think it's that track. I don't think it's it that track. It, I think it is, you know. I think it's, oh. it's going to be. I think oh, it, it is? Gonna be, it's yeah. going to be the Bitter International Circuit. Yeah, it's going to be exactly where oh. they raced F1 round. Oh, um, hell yeah. Um, uh, underrated. Doesn't produce good racing, but like. It didn't <sighs> produce good racing because Vettel was 15 seconds up the road every year. Pretty much. Um, look, I was going to say, like, oh, it's India is a huge win for the series, given how many people travel in that country via bike. It's going to be a huge dub for MotoGP to get a race in India. But the problem I now have is that on top of just the fact that from a human rights standpoint, we should not be racing in Kazakhstan. They do not deserve to have a Grand Prix at all. Um as far as I'm concerned, but the fact that we are now had confirmation in the last month that we are going to be racing, we're adding three more rounds to this calendar, Kazakhstan, India, and Saudi Arabia eventually are going to be on this calendar. I know from what Simon Patterson has said on Twitter from, from the hyphen, this race in Kazakhstan is replacing Finland. So Finland apparently is not coming back. We'll- yeah, that, that that is completely gone at this point because the those building that track and those organizers, well, um, should pay their bills. Circuit of Wales moment. Circuit of Wales moment. Rest in piss. You hardly knew you, bozo, etc. Point is, this Kazakhstan race is apparently replacing Finland. 
But even so, like, are we going to start chopping rounds for India and Saudi Arabia? Like, are we going to get to 22 or 23 MotoGP races in a season with the sprints taking us up to 46? How much is too much here, gentlemen? Because this is getting out of hand. Uh, (laughs) It's never enough because as long as they're writing those checks and they ain't bouncing... It's just going to, it's, we're in the same place as we are with the F1 calendar, where it's just like, what's the human cost here? It's, I mean, annoyingly, we don't really know until we see it with our own eyes, but it doesn't fill me with confidence that, like, I'm not saying that, that, you know, Grand Prix calendars should contract. You know, that, I, I know realistically that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's never, ever going to happen. But how... Well, how unless we f- start declaring some more wars. I mean, how Don't far... Don't recommend do, this. How far are we going to push this? I mean, Formula One's going to 20... We've got confirmation Formula One's going to 24 next year with six sprints. And now MotoGP is going to 21 next year with sprints on every race. And now there's probably going to be at least two more rounds added in the next, you know, probably two or three years. So, oh my God. I thought we were pushing it in MotoGP with 20. And now we're probably going to be at 22, 23. This is nuts. Like, this is crazy. Like Again, half races added to every weekend. Like I said, if you're Mark Marquez, you ask for double that salary because you're going to be busier. You double the work over Mm. eventually. That's that's the way I see it. Like, as far as like, you know, way down the priority order, I don't know what Kazakhstan is going to race like, but I will say that uh, people had a lot of these same concerns when the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was added to the calendar and then they had a good race in its second year and everybody's just like well, got all about mm-hmm. you know Azerbaijan still in open conflict as we speak with Armenia yay still on the calendar baby, still on the calendar, but yeah that's the state of the sport right now and I worry, like I'm not gonna lie, I worry about a lot of that shit um, on that one so yeah, we managed to get through the entire bonus segment without mentioning any of those catchphrases. Well done, everybody. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Um, as mentioned, uh, MotoGP is back for the third and final part of its triple header this weekend with the Thailand Grand Prix at Buriram. Uh, first time we've been there since 2019. We love to see it. Good to see it back on the calendar. Uh, it's certainly been missed. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, th- three out of the five flyaway rounds. Uh, we are almost halfway through the gauntlet run there, and then finally we get a break. Also, episode four hundred one will be out. Will be out next week because Formula One is back this weekend at Singapore. Another race well, we've not had in three years. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Dre. Uh, what what happened to episode four hundred? Uh, oh, about that. Um, see, here's the thing. Since I have taken over editing duties of Motorsport One Hundred One. I have noticed that we have an archive that we uh, that we haven't tapped into very often. Um, I call this one of the lost episodes that you have we... not heard before until now. Last year, back in December of 2021, um, maybe we should maybe we should leave it as a surprise. Should we? 
I think we mm. should surprise our wonderful listeners. Yeah. You know what? I'll end it there. You'll have to listen to episode 400 for yourself to find out. I may have left a hint in this episode somewhere. Yeah, yeah if you're paying you, attention, you probably got a hint of it. You can figure that out for yourselves. You know what? I'll even let the Patreon backers know first what's coming. How about that? So Now there's a financial incentive. Yeah, so if you want if you want to back us on on Patreon, you can do that and you can find out first what episode 400 is going to be. So, you know, stick around. Like I said, I did drop a hint in this episode somewhere as to what that is. If you've been paying attention, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, episode 400 from the archives. I'll give you a hint. It is something that we recorded last year, but never saw the light of day until now. That's all I'm telling you. Uh, Episode 401, Formula One in Singapore, will be around next week. Championship point for Max Verstappen. Needs a lot of help to get there, but there is an outside chance he can win it in Singapore this week. Max needs a lot of help. Well, I mean, it's a good thing his opponent is Ferrari. <clears throat> it helps. It helps. I'm not going to lie. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But yeah, outside chance of of a staff and title, but it's most likely going to be Suzuka. But you know, there's, there's an outside chance. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. We could be coronating a two-time Formula One world champion this this time next week. Places you can find us one more time: YouTube.com, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Twitter forward slash. Uh, motorsport underscore 101 our personal handles at harrison 101 hd at rj o'connell and at c buckley 917 our website motorsport 101.com um and of course as mentioned if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 and yeah you will get the very special 400th episode of Motorsport 101 before anybody else if you back us. And I'll say right now, at any level. So I will I will put it out there for even... So in other words, you will get episode 400 early for just a buck. All we got to do is be a backer on, on Patreon. There you go. I can't be any more generous than that. Episode 400 coming soon until then i've been dre harrison they've been rj o'connell and cameron buckley until next time sayonara later y'all insert awful borat quote here you know i'm i'm sure that i'm sure that everybody's gonna love hearing this especially my wife.